Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Did you get your tickets to Palookaville? Okay. Paluka, if, say it. It's fun. Palookaville, yeah. No, no. Say it more fun. Palookaville. I can't meet that. I can't <laughs> oh, right <great>. now. <laughs> I cannot. Sorry. <coughs> keep that coffin. I'll keep this coffin. Guys, I have the flu. That's why my voice is exceptionally deep right now. And it will not be changing within like a certain octave, you know, area. Mm-hmm. So I have the flu. I'm getting over it. But like everyone is sick. I had it last week, yeah. Yeah, like everyone I know is either sick or knows someone's sick or like, it's wild. This is actually worse, I find, the amount of people I know who are sick than when COVID was a thing. I think it's because we've spent the last two years locked up in our houses and like not getting sick at all. Like very rarely. The only thing we would get sick with is COVID. Yeah. And like it became manageable after some time. So I think now that it's been like two years of really not really having anything. Yeah. It's just like, whoa, what is this? And whoa, now everyone's getting it because everyone's out again without masks and kind of just living life. There is also a bunch of viruses because not everyone doesn't have the same thing either. Mm -hmm. And kids specifically are getting really sick. Really sick. Well, they're back in school and there aren't mandates for them. Yeah. But also because the, the young kids were young at a time when COVID was a thing, mm-hmm. and now they're being exposed to all these viruses. And they haven't built up an immune system yeah, exactly. in the last two years. So they're just spreading like wildfire. Yeah. Which is fun for everybody. <laughs> so much fun. Because this is, my kids have been sick for the second, my kids are the ones who passed it on to me, by the way. I didn't catch it from anywhere else. And this is the second time in a month that they got sick and where I was out of work for a week. Yeah. And then I got sick. So, like, I'm really lucky that where I work, like, I'm able to take that kind of time off and care for my kids and then care for myself. But, like, it's been really frustrating. It's a lot. But enough about me, Mita. How's it going? You know, it's going. I'm here. I'm living and breathing. Yeah. Sorry to say you're not breathing so well. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little stuffy, but I'm I'm trying to do what I can. There you go. We'll take it easy today. It won't be too hard. I won't ask the hard-pressing questions. No, you can, because, <laughs> anyways, you can, and I hope you do. But before we get to the, the meat of uh, our conversation today, Mita, you saw two movies, two new movies. I saw two new movies Very this exciting. past weekend. Um, I saw, first I saw The Menu. Yes. And um, just a few hours ago, I saw Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. You something did. that Both movies I actually were looking forward to. Now, I'll go get into the menu, and then we can get into Knives Out. I'll save that one for after. But um, the menu, <sighs> the menu, its concept is really great. It has good pacing to it. I really like the message that they're saying. Like, it's a satire for sure. I think, though, their message is very niche and very specific, and I don't think it's something that, like, a broader audience would actually be able to absorb and, like, get. It maybe even a little bit too niche for me too, but I mean, I kind of I understand where they're going with it, but it all it falls flat in a lot of places. I was somebody else had asked me like, oh, was it good? And I said, it's a wannabe knives out. <laughs> like it really wants to drive homes um 
some sort of a message there, but really, it, just, it doesn't deliver everything on the plate. And I don't, I don't understand Anya Taylor Joy. Yo, man, I have had this conversation with multiple people who aren't connected, oh, like really? multiple people who have been like, "Yeah, I don't get why she's a thing." Like, I, she's fine. She's fine. She's nice. She's but good. that's exactly what she is. She's fine. She's fine. I think there's probably more talented people who maybe could have done something a little bit more with this. I think Anya Taylor-Joy would be an excellent high fashion couture model. Mm. She's got that kind of androgynous, that face, that that kind of stature, all of that. I just, I've, I liked her in The Vich, but like after that, I've just never been like drawn to her. No. There's nothing really compelling. Who I did like, and I was surprised that I liked them so much in this, is Nicholas Holt. Oh, really? Who, yeah, because based off the trailer, I had, like, a conception of, like, okay, who is this person? And then in the movie, I kind of was like, oh, they're not that person. Oh, but maybe they are that person. But they're not really that person. And, like, it was just this, like, back and forth. Because I think he – it could very easily be a very one-dimensional character, but there are layers there. Speaking of layers, <laughs> you know what else has layers? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Out of five. Oh, out of five, I'm going to give um three. Three out of five for the menu. Now talk about the onion layers. The onion layers. Okay. Well, here's my thing. So um, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, it's full title, is on a limited theatrical release. So it started on Thursday. And so it's going to go until the 30th of November. Are you Are you going to see it? I won't have time. Like I don't. In the next three days. I just, so you're I okay have... with me like kind of going into it a bit and then you'll wait until... Because it you're going to, to Netflix. You're going to not spoil anything, I'm not number gonna one. I'm not spoil anything. And you're just going to give your overall opinion. No story, no no choices, just like what you thought, and that's it. Okay. Like, like, hi. <laughs> you're you, making hand movements. I'm making hand movements on this podcast. podcast that people can't see, <laughs> but just like overview, high overview. High of, overview. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. That's all okay. I'll say. Okay. Great, great, Yeah. Because you had high expectations. Uh, Hmm? I know you do. I had had expectations and concerns. But yeah, to to be quite honest, Mita, I feel like you were masking your excitement with hesitations and concerns. They were legitimate hesitations and concerns. And there are some things that I was concerned about that I think did actually like wind up happening. Mm -hmm. But overall, my concerns... They it surpassed my concerns in a good way. Interesting. I'm trying to be as like vague. As I possible. I appreciate that. Yep. Yeah. Cat compares into the first one. Do you really want that, or do you want to wait until you've seen it? I think over uh, an overarching, you know, opinion of compares into the first one. Not like a nitty gritty. Like, don't tell me who did it. Oh no! I I obviously would not do yeah. that. Leaving the. Th- what I'll say is also this, like, you don't have to see this in a theater. Oh, okay. No, it's, oh, same with the menu. You don't need to see the menu in a theater. You can watch that at home for sure. But did I need to see Knives Out in a theater? Like the first one? Yeah. No, I think they're very approachable movies. Like, it's not like a- Like from your movie. home, they'll still be entertaining. From your home, you'll still, from your home specifically, Okay. you'll be fine. Okay. Um, Nadim has a really nice theater in his basement. I would not recommend laptop viewing. Like, Mm. I think it is better to enjoy it when you're, like, sort of surrounded. (laughs) 
But I think like if they're, it works that they're putting this on Netflix, but it's not in a negative way. I really enjoyed seeing it in the theater because I like sitting in the seats mm-hmm. and I like that experience. Mm-hmm. But this one, the theater, there were actually like quite a few people, like more than I've seen lately. And I realized how much I don't like going with like other people I don't know. Because <laughs> like people don't shut up. People like, Yeah, don't people see. don't shut up. They don't close their phones. There's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yeah, I get that. They don't like enjoy the experience themselves. And so that makes it unenjoyable for me. Yeah. So like there's that. But I do think like this is something that, um, you know, I couldn't wait until December. I know that. Like, I'm glad I saw it today. I'm glad I went to the theater because this is something that was really important to me. If Knives Out was a movie that maybe didn't have the same effect on you that it did on me, then I would say you can wait until December when it's on Netflix. Out of five. And be honest. Mm -hmm. If you think you're going to overhype it for me, you won't. I'm leaning towards four and a half. Okay. And what's Knives Out for you? Four and a half. Okay. And I have a, something I want to say, but I also think I'm worried that'll ruin it for you. I know. I'm going to have to wait till December. And that's the thing that is pissing me off is that, like, even if it was two weeks, yeah. I could make it work. But it's just, like, came out in the absolute worst timing for me. I looked today. I was like, I bought these tickets October 15th. Like, that's how, how much I wanted to watch yeah. this movie. Yeah. I bought them yeah. Did your dad like it? He didn't go. He wasn't feeling tired. Oh, so. no. And then I was like, well, you don't have to go. Like, you can yeah. wait next month. We'll watch it together next month. So. Yeah, because you're going to watch it again. Yeah. Most definitely. For sure. It's actually, I think it will be a really, really fun. Like, it's not, no way does it relate to Christmas, but it would be a fun Christmas movie to watch. With I you. find Knives Out, even though it isn't a Christmas movie, has a Christmas feel to it. Like, a th- Knives Out has, like, a Thanksgiving feel yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah. It's a good movie to put on, like, with a bunch of people. Which do you prefer? That's really hard because I just watched this. Like I just came out of the theater. It's super fresh. I didn't. I was planning on rewatching the first one this weekend, but I didn't get Mm. to it. I did rewatch it, Mita. I'm thinking I like this. Okay. This more. That's fair. I did rewatch. I watched Knives Out while I was sick on my sofa in and out. So like I did fall asleep for like a big chunk of it. But well, I put that in your small talk. You had a themed movie marathon. I watched two movies that, that Mita likes, and she suddenly thinks it was like all about her. I thought it was three. No, I just ended up watching. You didn't watch Inception. Oh, I did watch Inception. Inception? Yeah, but I, I I fell asleep through all of them though. But I did want. Whoa. Yeah, I did want to watch movies that I didn't have to pay attention to though. Tell and people like, the this afternoon, that you chose, though. This afternoon, I watched Pride and Prejudice. So this afternoon, I watched Pride and Prejudice, which I adore. I really, truly love Pride and Prejudice. And then I watched Inception, I watched Zodiac, and I watched Knives Out. Which are three movies that I They're love. three of Mitha's favorite movies. And I love those movies, too. So I, I had no problem watching them. But Knives Out is really good. It's, like, right. really good. It's just so good. And it's subtle kind of digs at, like, right-wing white people and, like, xenophobia and all of that. Very, very subtly, like woven in there and that last scene is really amazing where she's on the balcony and they all turn to look at her and she has the cup of coffee it's really he elevates a movie that really just could have been like pulp yeah that had no business being as good as it was and i think that's that's a a testament to ryan johnson as a i really need to watch them side by side because as you're saying that i was like oh i'm like thinking about things that i just saw i mean i'm end of december then i'll have that I know. Got to wait till end of December now. Mm-hmm. Sucks. Do but we know you... what date it is? <sighs> December twenty third. So, yeah, 
a good Christmas movie. I would recommend watching it. That's fair. Yeah. I'm going to want to watch this like the moment it's out kind of thing. So I'm looking forward to it. Can I tell you a review I heard like as I was leaving the theater and walking past yeah. by? So these people were probably in their like late 40s, early 50s. And I just hear a woman go, well, I enjoy real mysteries. So I don't know if this was for me. <laughs> so I feel like I'm going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what a real mystery is. So. <laughs> oh, God. But speaking of things we don't have to wait until December for. Yeah. Mita, what did we watch this week? <laughs> this week we watched the 1954. Yeah. 1954 yep. film on the waterfront. Mm-hmm. Can you believe it? Can I believe that it was on the waterfront? Can you believe that it was happening around the waterfront? Yeah, man. Okay, for happening. the record, Mita okay. and I were like on track to like be on schedule and then... We have, like, postponed this recording, like, four nights. Yeah. Four to five nights. Like, something ridiculous. Because, like, of my kids and then Mita had things. And then I got sick and, like, one thing after the other. And here we are. So, like, I watched this a week ago. Me too. So, I hope this con- – I think this conversation will be good. But just warning you that it has been a while since – It's been a while. And I've watched and a bunch of movies. A bunch of – yeah, exactly. <laughs> but here we are yeah. on the waterfront. If you don't know, here's the IMDb Discro. That Mita's going to give you. Yeah. <laughs> so an ex-prize fighter turned New Jersey longshoreman struggles to stand up to his corrupt union bosses, including his older brother, as he starts to connect with the grieving sister of one of the syndicate's victims. Hmm. Hmm. So On the Waterfront is classic by any definition. Hmm. You hadn't seen it, though. No. Okay. You had. I had. Yeah. So I'm really curious to see here what you thought of it. I feel like I'm coming to like some sort of thesis with all of these movies, like as we're watching them. And I'm starting to learn that maybe the classics aren't for me. (laughs) Maybe. Really? Like, and when I say that, I don't mean I can't appreciate a classic movie. But when I look for something that's like a meet the movie, like something you're going to watch a marathon of, like you just watch some Knives Out, Zodiac, and... Inception. Uh, Inception. Do you think those are classic movies? Not the way I think this is a classic movie. Hmm? Not the way I think this is a classic movie. Exactly. And so what I'm learning is like I can definitely appreciate really great filmmaking, things that are thought out and thorough, things that are performed well. I can appreciate it. But I'm never – I don't think I will ever say let's watch On the Waterfront. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. I'm actually quite fascinated by that. Uh, by this, like, spiel? This revelation. What's so fascinating about it? <laughs> because I think generally speaking, like, even when you say that, there are movies that we've come back to where you've been like, oh, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Just even last week when we watched... From Here to Eternity. From Here to Eternity. You were a big fan, right? Like, you yes. ended up liking it more than you thought. Mm-hmm. I did not think this was the movie where you'd have a moment to be like, maybe the classics aren't for me because... I think On the Waterfront is exquisite. And I hadn't seen it in years, like years. I've seen it once when I was young and dumb and I watched it because I thought I should like it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I remember liking it then. I remember legitimately liking it because mm-hmm. I remember watching it because I thought I should watch it, but then being like, oh, this is actually quite good. And then watching it this time, I, I, I was. it's so interesting because from the credit sequence, you could tell this is going to be a quality film. Yeah. Like, from the 
simplistic credits and the simplistic theme and like the way this movie kind of weaves itself in it was the thing that came to my mind is that like you know you can tell at the beginning of a good movie that it's going to be a good movie mm-hmm. like that it's going to be a well-crafted movie and this is such an example of that that like this is this is high art i think that's my 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 specifically deterrence is the like high art of films i I understand it, and I think it. I, I, I don't want people to get the wrong impression. I do understand this is a very good movie, yeah. and it's not that I don't like it. It's just not something that like fits my persona and what I want to be entertained by. I don't think I'm ever. It for me, it feels almost like reading a book or watching a play in that sense. Of like, I sometimes you know, like in school when you had to read a play, yeah, or you had to read a book essentially. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like for me sometimes. I'm like, okay, like I get, I get it, Shakespeare. Like you're a cool dude. You wrote all these cool things. I will read it because Mr. Risk is telling me to, and because I know it has this really high caliber notion, and I can appreciate Brando for what he does in this movie. Like it really is, it's spectacular to watch. But it's not, it's not the thing that gets me like really super pumped and super excited about movies. I didn't walk away from this being like, oh, I want to watch, like all these other things that I love or I want to continue watching more Oscar movies because like, this is amazing. It wasn't my gone with the wind. Really? Yeah. I'm kind of taken aback by that. Cause I, just... I think maybe I'm just like a stupid person. <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> maybe, but it but... didn't get my mo. Like I just watched glass onion and I sound mystery and yeah, I yeah. was so excited about movies again. Yeah. And I think a large part of that, is the black and white, but it makes total sense in this. I could not imagine this in color. Yeah, like, I, I think, think that would, would work be as too a color harsh. film. Yeah, yeah. The stark black and white. It really does sell the story a little bit better. I'm just mm-hmm. really surprised because I was certain you would like this because it's oh, just really? so good. I did think it's a little masculine. Like it is a it is a lot of That's, yeah testosterone and Eva Marie Saint is there, and she's actually a very pivotal character, and she's a very interesting character. Mm-hmm. Which I thought you would like because again, it's a it's a well written female character, which we don't it have is. many it's of with around this time. Strong convictions and like exactly, yeah. and she comes in strong, like right from the beginning. Like she's it's not, not a build up or anything. It's not a build up. She's there to, she's there to figure something out. And so I'm just surprised because it's it aside from the notoriety of it, because I do find that when movies have that kind of notoriety, you're kind of just like, okay, I guess I'm supposed to like this, but I don't. Yeah, is that how you feel? Yeah. I, it's not like uh, I guess I'm supposed to like it. I I liked it. I just don't love it. And I don't get I'm not I didn't get the warm fuzzies that you can that I have with some of the other movies that we watched. With From Here to Eternity specifically cuz you brought it up. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's that romance that's like tied into everything that kind of makes it exciting for me whereas like these two characters I'm not compelled by their their romance, romance at all. no. No, and I don't think that's the point of this movie. No. It's not. It's a B and, plot, yeah. Hmm? It's the B plot. Like, it's it really is, yeah. B plot, and that part isn't really, like, thought out as well either. Because no. he is kind of just, like, forceful with her in a lot of ways. Where it's like, she has other priorities to deal with right now. Her brother just died. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you're at fault for it. So, like, there's issues with that there. But I don't know. There's just nothing in there that really, like, sparked Mita. That was just like, oh, this is a movie made for Mita. Like, when I watched Sunset Boulevard, which is, I think, yeah. considered a classic or It camp. is. Absolutely, yeah. Yes. It's classic and camp. Classic and camp. Or even 
all about Eve, which we didn't yeah. talk about this season, but we have in the past. Yeah. Watching those, there's a moment where it always just triggers him like, oh, this was made for me. And I I want that feeling, especially right now as we're going into award season. Like I like having that feeling of like some a director knows who I am somehow yeah. and like has made something for me that I'm going to want to watch like over and over and over again. Interesting. So it just doesn't, it didn't necessarily speak to you. No. Okay. I'm curious about this because I do think this is an ex- excellent film. It's well-written. It's well-directed. It's well-acted. It's extremely thought-provoking. Yeah. It really asks that question about, like, consequence and, you know, your moral consciousness and, like, like it really asks some, like, real, real questions mm-hmm. that some movies don't do so well. No. That some movies feel too moral. Yeah. Um, the thing as well, get into what I do like about yeah. this. And what I actually like love about this is that it does not romanticize the mob. No, not way. at all. Yeah. And like we've talked about sort of like the toxic culture that like the Godfather yes. has sort of brought on. And then even when we watched Gangs of Wasipur, like that's not, it doesn't romanticize it in any way either. Like it's a very clear picture. But I, I do appreciate the way this does it. It's not as in your face as something like Gangs of Wasipur. Like it is very subtle. And like you understand the morality of it because it speaks to like somebody's own personal like human nature like mm. you obviously want to do the thing that's right especially when it's involving people that you know you he, we know like he wouldn't intentionally want to kill anybody and we know like he got himself into this into the sticky situation he has the speech about being a bum like it really yeah. does pull at those purse strings as opposed to like the visual purse strings of the mob and the mafia mm-hmm. and like all of that which i very much appreciate because there are not enough stories that do that. Like this to me tell, sells to you, the mob is bad. Yeah, they're not trying to do anything else. Yeah. I think Gangs of Wasipur is trying to show less that the mob is bad and more just like they're just dumb. Yeah. Like really the the end goal is just, just like these are just blumbering idiots. But, it, you know, and I don't know necessarily, to be quite honest, even though I love Gangs of Wasipur, whether that's the right approach. But at least they're not romanticizing the mob. They're not doing what The Godfather does or even The Sopranos for, you know, that no. matter. Or Goodfellas. Or Goodfellas or any of these triple A level movies about the mob do. This is a movie where the mob is bad. They do shitty things. And here's here's what happens when your life is at a crossroads with them. And here's a character who has heart and soul. Heart and soul and a conscience. And a conscience. And is somebody who is considered to be ultra masculine. He's a fighter. He's, you know, a yeah. good-looking man. He's very good-looking in this. I, <laughs> I was, like, a little distracted distracted by Brando. But he is, like, the epitome of, like, a strong-willed man, like, what you want a man to be. And he still has very much his, – his emotional intelligence is very much in tune. Like, he he's understand the consequences of his choices. And it feels Eventually. bad about them. Eventually. He gets there, but I think that's part of the journey. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's what's great about this is that like even from the very beginning where he says, I thought you were just going to put a lean on them. He kind of sticks to that the whole time. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like he knows what's going to be bad. And then like he meets this girl and she makes him realize that he's done something bad. That's another thing I really like is that mm-hmm. that crisis of conscience actually comes from himself. Yeah. She is a catalyst, yeah. but he starts to have that on his own right away. Mm-hmm. Like when. Like, oh, shit. What did I do? What did I do? And how was I involved in this? And what does that say about me? And I love the the speech he gives in the car. Yeah. Is the speech for a reason. Mm-hmm. Because aside from the way he performs it, which is flawless, it's also about 
him realizing that I can finally do something good with myself. Yeah. I find what, what this movie does is it takes a lot of ideas that movies still like to do. Like, I'm trying to think of other movies that are like on the waterfront, but they just end up being so overblown. I'm trying to think of, like, what's come up yeah. most recently that is about morality and, like, doing the right thing. The only thing that's coming to my head right now is Dark Water. Have you watched Dark Water? I haven't is seen it Dark, Dark Water, Water or no. Waters? I think it's Waters. Waters. But he the has one with Mark con- Ruffalo? Yeah. Yeah. He has a conscience from the get-go. Even Spotlight, like, they all have conscience. Yeah, conscience. conscience. Yeah. Yeah. But wait, I'm rem- trying to remember Spotlight. Don't they find well, out Spotlight eventually? Is, Spotlight is very black and white. I love Spotlight, but it's yeah. definitely not about, like, finding. It's no. more like, hey, we have Investigating. This, in, we're investigating <laughs> this thing, and they realize how bad it is. But help me just remember Spotlight for a second. Isn't there a scene where Michael Keaton's character realizes, like, he wrote about something, or he had looked into something, like, years past, and then realized, like, he never continued it, and that that was, like, detrimental a little bit? Am there I was something. There is some backstory there. Yeah. I don't remember the specifics, but there's okay. definitely something about, like, we wrote about something and then follow up about oh, it. True. But that doesn't end up being a driving force. No. It's more just like our bad. And it was bad. They're not, they don't like brush over it. Yeah. But it is, this is a single man's like life decision about like what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And like the only one that's coming to my mind is Gone Baby Gone. I still haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't? No. Nah, I do okay. think that that might be a meet the movie. Gone Baby Gone? Think? Yeah. You should watch it. But it has Casey Affleck. Oh, I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know you don't like him. I don't like him. I don't want to support him. That's my conscience. Well, exactly, right? Like, isn't that, isn't that what it is? It's like, it's your choice to... And it's an interesting thing because I was actually having a conversation with a colleague recently, mm-hmm. last week, about... She asked me, she's like, so who are your favorite directors? And I was just like, oh. And I named, I named like, you know... Polanski. Well, I named the others. Like, I named Vishal Pardwaj and Zoya Akhtar, yeah. And I talked about... My main man. Denny. Denny. <laughs> Did you talk but about Finch? I like Finch, but I wouldn't call him one of my favorites because I find Benjamin Button very... That's one movie in the name. It's a lot. I also think Fight Club is overrated. Yeah. Yeah. Men ruined that one. <laughs> yeah. Men did ruin that one. Yeah. Dudes, specifically. Dudes, yeah. But it did, it did come down to Roman Polanski. Yeah. How he has directed two of my all-time favorite films. So, like, yeah. what does... What does that that's say about thing. me and what does that say, right? Like, that's a that's a decision that I make and that's a, that's a decision I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. But it does mean that, you know, people might judge me for it. Yeah. It means that other people might think it's inappropriate or that it's not cool or whatever. It's it's not woke, Mita. But that's mm-hmm. my choice and I live with that. And this is a much smaller example of what On the Waterfront is talking about. Yeah. But I, like coming back to what I'm saying is that I find what On the Waterfront does is it it's a singular vision of conscience, right? And like a real question of like, are you doing the right thing? And his realization that like his brother was using him this whole time and like he could have been somebody, he could have been a mm-hmm. contender and now he's just a bum and he's just some like mob bum doing things for the mob and now finally has a chance to do something different. I can't think of another movie that just articulates it so purely. Clearly, clearly yeah. and so purely. Without being preachy. Without, and this is never preachy. Is a streetcar named Desire like that or no? No, streetcar is very different. Okay, but I still haven't watched it. Like I have mentioned. Because I was just looking at the IMDb like more like this movie than it lists a streetcar named Desire. Streetcar is very different. Okay. It's very, very different. Very, very good. 
And I think one of the reasons uh, IMDb is saying like this is because Mar- it's one of Marlon Brando's other very big films. Yeah. I also think that, no, this is a separate thought. Okay. Let's talk about Marlon Brando. Hot, yeah. Yeah, hot Brando? <laughs> hot Brando. Because he is very good looking in this. Yeah. It's very distracting Super sometimes. good looking. Do we think hmm. the legacy of Marlon Brando? Yes. A lot of people talk about On the Waterfront. Mm-hmm. Some people talk about Streetcar Named Desire. Everyone talks about... The Godfather. Yeah. What, what is the legacy? And like, is the Godfather just there? I've always seen it as here is this man who has always done um, method acting. Yeah. And it really transforms into his characters. And as a student of Stan- Stanis- Stanislavski. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Say it again. Stanislavski. Stanislavski. Stanislavski, yeah. And really brought that to the brought that attention to method acting. Method like acting, I think yeah. people didn't really know what it was before. And he's the person to say, like, hey, this is something that I do. And his performances are really good. Like it works for him. I don't think it's something that is for every person. Like meet that. I think my whole point is is the Godfather actually that good? I think he's quite good in it. He I believe him as Don Corleone. You don't? I I, I do. I do believe him. I think that, like, I think it's a good performance. I think the whole point of my, like, roundabout way of saying this is that, like, I feel like if you're saying that Marlon Brando is great because of this, then no. I think he's perfectly rated. I think he is exquisite. This is an immaculate performance. Mm -hmm. It is a fully fleshed out, real, believable unsentimental performance Mm -hmm. it's like he's he's a man and i don't mean that in like he's a man's man he feels like a human he feels like you believe he is terry yeah you believe he's terry you believe everything he's gone through his motivations his actions his dialogue it all feels very authentic but the godfather is just so bloated this is so grounded Mm -hmm. i think the not the issue but i think the godfather even today in 2022 is more um, attainable for audiences. Like it's on TV quite often. It's been part of pop culture. It's in the Noma culture. Like people, it's known. And I think that's what people automatically associate him with. At least people my age. Like if I were to say Marlon Brando, people would be like, oh yeah, the Godfather. People wouldn't say on the waterfront. They probably wouldn't say Streetcar Named Desire. They probably might not even know Apocalypse Now. Gen Z. And so I think you just need to be living in like the 70s. I think that maybe went before The Godfather. They probably were talking about these performances. One time I texted Mita and I wrote Gen Zeros accidentally. <laughs> and I thought it was the best autocorrect I've ever made. And that's how I feel. Yeah. Because hmm. I think I, I think what bothers me about The Godfather is a little bit of a... I, I gave it a 4 out of 5 when we reviewed it. I remember... Yeah. I didn't love it, and it is my favorite of the trilogy, and I still stand by that, because it is a good movie. Don't get me wrong. I think there are issues about it, and it's depiction of violence and all of that, and it's depiction of the mob, and blah, 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 and we'll get to that when we get to the 70s. Is it 60s or 70s? The Godfather? Yes. 70s. 72 is the first one. Okay, so we still got like 20 weeks before we get there. (laughs) But yeah, I think the Godfather- I didn't think about how old he must have been. Because he was only 30 in this, right? Yeah. Wow. He's only in his 50s in The Godfather? He's but that's older. makeup. It's a lot of makeup. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> he's supposed to be Don Corleone. He doesn't look like that. Yeah, he's supposed <laughs> to be Don Corleone. I think for me what bothers me is that people inflate The Godfather. 
And I think it's, it, it is oftentimes, it feels like it's this patriarchal kind of thing. I think it's, you're blaming the wrong generation, though. But I think you the should younger be blaming, generation. You should be blaming the boomers. The boomers are the ones that went to see The Godfather in the theaters and were blown away and were hyping it up. So then generations to follow were watching just The Godfather. The boomers also could have seen On the Waterfront and didn't hype it up the same way. But I think they did. This is a, it's, we're, wa- we're watching this because of one My picture. boomer that I live with didn't tell me about this. Your boomer hasn't seen this? Uh, he, I, he'd probably seen it, but he didn't. He, if I said Marlon Brando, I'm pretty sure my dad would say The Godfather. Godfather. Yeah. My dad has seen this and he likes yeah. this. Mm-hmm. I think you're, we should start blaming boomers for more things. I think we could. I think we definitely can. I think we definitely can. But I think the issue is, is that like, if that's the case, then why are the Gen Zers still pushing that then? Because the boomers have presented this in a way that it's part of popular culture. Like if you're a film kid, you're looking up something, unless you're doing dig, like really digging in deep, the first thing you're going to see is The Godfather. It is still talked about. They just had, wasn't it at last year's Oscars? They had everybody up at the stage. Am I remembering this right? Oh, no, this you're is, right. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Yeah. Francis Ford Coppola. And exactly. Robert and they De don't do that for Robert movies Schindler. like this. They do it for the ones that... I mean, there's also like, there's a series on Apple about the making of The Godfather. And then there's that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and Robert uh, playing Francis yeah. Ford Coppola and Robert Town. So like, yes. Dakota I, Fanning. Not Dakota Fanning. What's Dakota Johnson, meet the... No, no, no. Not Dakota Fanning. Her oh. sister. Elle Fanning. Oh, Elle Fanning. Is going to play Ali McGraw. Oh, cool. In the movie? That movie, the Jake Gyllenhaal movie? Yeah, because Ali McGraw was married to Robert Evans at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just like very excited to see that. <laughs> it's interesting casting. Yeah, I, I do get what you're saying. We do we do talk about it a lot. But at the same time, the Gen Zers who like to pinpoint every flaw in Friends and want to get it canceled can also do a little research and find out what movies someone like Brando has made that aren't just The Godfather. But it's not just Brando. Like, if... I were to say to somebody, okay, Elia Kazan or Francis Ford Coppola, I think more people would know Francis Ford Coppola before Elia Kazan. But that's because of The Godfather. It's not, I'm saying it's not just Brando. Like it's. No, no, no. And that's, that's fair. Like it's not just Brando. Like it expands to everything. I don't know. I just feel like when I watch something like this, the simplicity of it and the authenticity of it was Mm -hmm. really just. It's palpable. It's palpable. It feels Mm -hmm. like something and it, it's palpable. The score is incredible in this. Okay, it's, the score bugs me a little bit. What? <laughs> it's in in the speech. I was like, they could tone down the score a little bit. Like, it's really overpowering, especially when you're watching him in that performance. Like, mm-hmm. it's so good. It's it not so in good, any. Yeah. It's so uh, understandable, and it doesn't feel like a performance. Like, it feels like somebody pouring their heart out to their brother. Yeah. And like, I was just like, couldn't I lower the volume of the score just like a tad bit? I feel like it's trying to tell me how to feel in that moment. It's trying to tell me how to feel. It, it was trying to. I know how to feel. I'm I mean, that's fair. But I did think the score was incredible. I thought it was really uh, aggressive and assertive. And again, it was, and when I say it was very testosterone-y, but it doesn't feel like a man's man, man movie. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't. It just feels like a very kind of like raw primal movie. Like, I wouldn't, I would say The Godfather and like, even I tried watching Goodfellas the other day. Like, I put it on and I was kind of annoyed with all the boys. It's <laughs> a lot of boys. Yeah. There's a lot of boys in Goodfellas and I just and like even watching it I'm like, "Oh, this this really does romanticize the mob." Like the mob, it, yeah. I remember watching it when I was younger and like wanting to fit in with yeah. like 
like boy cousins yeah. <laughs> like being like oh this is so cool but then trying to watch it recently i was just like no like this is just it's so masculine in the worst way yeah whereas like it's this, not necessarily misogynistic yeah but it is very hyper masculine and i do respect and like martin scorsese but like he has really built that world yeah where this feels very genderless and sexless to me Yes, that's a great way of putting it. It feels it's very, very sexless. It's very neutral. Mm-hmm. It's a story of a individual. It's just a story. Yeah, it's just a story. And yeah. I think that's why I felt it was even just more palpable because when you watch something like Goodfellas, or but like, I mean, this is like way down the line, but like when you compare Goodfellas to even Martin Scorsese's own Raging Bull, Raging Bull is on the waterfront. It's yeah. a single man's story, his his struggle, it's all of that. And it's palpable as a film. Raging Bull is so good. Where did he go wrong? But he didn't, right? It's just that, like, for some reason, he keeps on making these movies that are so, like, that essentially climaxed at The Wolf of Wall Street. But at one point, this man did make a great movie about a singular man's struggle that was not, like, so man-man. I have never seen Gangs of New York. What is the tone of game? I'm just curious. So, like, I want to pinpoint where did Martin like? <laughs> it really does feel good, fellas. Like that is, although he yeah. did do like Age of Innocence after that. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't like. I but who can say that? He has waves. He has the aviator. He has waves. He, but, has, like... but he has the aviator exactly. But he has like Gangs of New York, and he has The Departed. The Departed. Even The Departed is a little macho. Yeah, the departed is a it's the quite departed, macho. but it's still a fun. The departed, the like departed is fun though. That's the difference. Yeah, but then there is the Irishman, which is the opposite of fun. <laughs> did, did you know I still have not watched all it's three? It's so boring, Mita. I'm blown away by how many people liked it because it's so bland as a film. My dad liked it, which makes sense. My dad likes slow and boring things. <laughs> I like slow and boring things too. I just thought it was so bland as a film. It's also you can't make you can't say the Irishman <laughs> the way you can say, say the departed. The departed. Yeah, the departed <laughs> is good. So good. It's you, what's the what's the um the monk movie he made with Andrew Garfield? Silence. Have you seen it? No, I've heard very good things about it. Yeah, though. but I it's a three-hour monk movie with Andrew Garfield. So, I don't know. We'll see if I'll ever get to that. Do you have sequel or prequel ideas? I would like to see the the fight. I think a whole movie surrounding the fight, like the days leading up to the fight. Okay. And when I say the fight, the fight that he purposely threw. Threw, yeah. Or was asked to throw. I think like the days leading up to that and then him like in the fight and then the aftermath of the fight would be a really interesting thing to do. To bring to the forefront today and for someone to do it today and to do it in black and white. Who would play young Brando? Ooh, good question. Who's hot enough to play? It's <laughs> not just hot enough. Who can actually act too? Yeah. Who is a young Brando? This is my thing. I feel like there aren't like I, there's nobody. There's no actors and actresses too that I'm just like so compelled by in the same way. He is incredibly compelling in this. Forget mm-hmm. that he's good looking because he is. He just he commands the screen. Yeah. He takes over. The only person I could think is maybe Ryan Gosling. But he's a little too pretty. I don't think pretty. he has. Yeah. Yeah. And Gosling, the, you know what the problem is? 
Brando has this like air of mystery to him because we didn't have like junkets the way we can watch them today. We didn't have like going on the Tonight Show like we do today. We didn't have like all this celebrity in our face all the time. Like if I see Ryan Gosling in a movie, I do know what his personality is like because of his appearances on Ellen and like the jokes that he makes in those LAD Bible YouTube shorts, right? Like. Those things have really kind of ruined the like the mystery that the surrounds mystery, yeah. a really compelling true. performance. Yeah. Like I know too much about Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban now to really love what she's doing. That's interesting. You feel like you can't just admire their art because you know too much about them as people. Yeah. Isn't that shouldn't that not be the case though? It's not that it's more that it's distracting. That it will pop into my mind. And I know that there is a difference between the actor like themselves and the As performance the, yes so if you think about someone like jennifer lawrence jennifer lawrence and winter's bone is pro- a stronger performance even silver's lining playbook because we didn't quite have yeah that yet is a yeah. stronger performance than her in american hustle yes but american hustle i feel like is informed by jennifer lawrence Yes, that's true. But but we think that because we've seen her drunk that's in all fair. of her interviews and we've that's seen her fair. trip on the red carpet now. We've seen her do all those things. Yeah. Like the person who maybe can still get a, who does not have like celebrity culture on their side is someone like Daniel Day-Lewis. Like I still don't know anything about Daniel Day-Lewis and I can watch something like There Will Be Blood and be like, holy fuck, like I'm scared of this man. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But if you had to pick someone who mm-hmm. is the modern day. Brando? Yeah. I mean, technically, I think like Daniel Day-Lewis is the modern day Brando, but he's not young. No. And I don't know if there's going to be any young up and coming actors because so much of Hollywood now is about your personality, like your brand. I put that in air quotes. She did. Rightfully so. (laughs) Yeah. It's so much about their brand, air quotes, and like what how they speak to people outside of their actual performance yeah and like it's so muddy and like ugh, i hate that what about oscar isaac very good that would that is from a looks perspective yes looks perspective yes acting ability yes he is teetering on the edge of being a personality yeah and like it's one interview close it could really go the other way do you know what the other issue is is that a lot of these actors, Brando would never do a Marvel movie. Brando did Superman. What are you talking about? But I mean, at the <laughs> height of Brando. So Brando doing, you know, On the Waterfront and Streetcar, hmm. like at that point. Brando did Superman when he was old. And like Brando kind of had a falling out, right? Like he but did he, he did the crazy apocalypse now, the wild I stories of Last Tango in Paris, like. There Young Brando maybe not would okay yeah that's fair. Do you know what I'm saying like, though? Is that like Brando was I it, it kind of ties into what you're saying. He's allowed to maintain that mystique because he wasn't doing a, he wasn't trying to be approachable. No. So like someone Whereas, like, like Os- now everyone is fighting to be relevant. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because I, then I thought of just now like well Anthony Hopkins did Thor, but yeah. like young Anthony probably wouldn't have done that. No. No. Anthony young Anthony wouldn't have played Thor. In yeah. the Thor movie, yeah. Like, I was just going to be, like, Robert De Niro, but then he does, like, garbage, like, dirty grandpa or whatever and, like, ruins yeah. his, like, entire image. So, who knows? You want to give me a rating? Yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Yeah. I said this at the start. I do. I understand this. I, I 
It is very, it's highbrow. It is cinema. It is a very well thought out, thorough story. The characters are completely thought out and like complex. They are not one dimensional people. There are a range of emotions in this movie and it all makes sense. It feels like you are watching life itself. Is that the name of the dumb? No, that's something else. Sorry. (laughs) That's something. I'm forgetting what life itself is, but as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, wait, that's a stupid thing. But <laughs> That's another stupid thing, yeah. Yeah. But it does feel like life itself. Like, I yeah. feel like I, I'm getting a documentary of what this person is going yeah. through in a non-documentary style, which works. And I t- respect that with all my heart. I yeah. completely understand how difficult that is to do, especially because we've watched a, quite a few duds already at this point. And, like, there's still duds being made today. And, like, even – I didn't tell you this – I did watch Armageddon Time. Oh, you did? I did. I forgot to tell you. <laughs> what did you think? It's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't understand its purpose. Like, what yes. are you saying right now yeah. in this time? Like, okay, it's a coming of age story. Great. We've had a few of those. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, I get it. Like, people are racist. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? that sounds terrible. <laughs> but No, but like, I, I do get it. Like, please tell me something new. Yeah, exactly. Anne's great in it, but like, I actually Jeremy Strong is pretty good in it too. Yeah, <laughs> I will. Yeah. I don't want her to win for this. So, nor does she deserve to win for it. There are better. No. There are going to be better performances out there. She can be nominated. Yeah. if she wants. Yeah, but yes, there are other movies like Armageddon Time, yeah. which are trying to encapsulate a time and a place and a story. Yep, and they don't do it as successfully as this. This is really beautifully done, and I do understand why it's considered a classic. For me personally, I'm not enthralled by it in any way. I'm not going to seek this out. It doesn't really bring any excitement to me. Generally speaking, I don't find the mob (laughs) really interesting. What I do find interesting is the heartfelt stories that can come by being affected by the mob. Like if you watched, um, did you watch McMillions? No. Oh, damn it, you should watch McMillions because it was a fun time. But in McMillions, you learn about some like additional characters throughout this like sort of crime. And it was those additional characters that kept me coming that want made me think like, I want to know more about this person because yeah. they're a lot more compelling than, you know, some Dom boss trying to like get his goods. Yeah. And it, this tells that story so beautifully. But it didn't, like, tickle my fancy. I don't see myself in the future being like, let's watch On the Waterfront today. So for those reasons, I'm going to take my personal feelings out of the review because I think that's fair. And I will give this a four out of five stars. Whoa, that's very different than I thought you were going to go with. If it's my personal, it's like a three and a half. Okay. Yeah. Still, I was totally not expecting a a four. No, because I can completely appreciate... All this, this does. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not going to be your go-to. It's not my go-to, no. Yeah. Okay. And that's what I'm learning about classic films. Maybe those aren't my, my go-tos. Yeah. yeah. Well. And that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. It, but no, maybe some of them are your go-tos. It's just not this style is not your go-to. Exactly. This feels more like a play. More like or a book. A, uh, yeah. Something I have to write a book report on. Which is fine. Like, you know, I really do like To Kill a Mockingbird. Is it my favorite book? No. That's fair. I thought you were going to say more. (laughs) That's my general feeling towards it. Like I, you know, I read it because English class told me I had to read it. I read it. I did my book report. I talked about Atticus Finch. (laughs) And there's that. Yeah. 
Okay. Actually, I think it would have been super interesting to see Marlon Brando as Atticus Finch. Oh, really? Could I don't you? Think he's earnest I, enough. Ex- but I think he he could do it, Nadim. I do think he is like a chameleon. We discussed this when we talked about Trendelin's agreement that there is no nobody one more perfect than Gregory <laughs> Peck. Peck. Yeah. But I think it would be so interesting to see how does someone like Marlon Brando, who's known for being like rugged and tough, yeah. try earnest. Ernesty. Is Ernesty a word? No, I don't think so. Try tries, being Ernest. Try playing Ernest, yeah. Yeah. You need to see a streetcar. You Is really he Ernest do. in it? No, not at all. Like, oh. you just need to see it, though, because I think, I, I think for me, over the years, I, I never saw Brando growing up. When I was growing up watching films, there was a lot of Bollywood, and, like, mm-hmm. all, all the American classics I had to discover on my own. Not so much that, like, my parents didn't want to show them to me. It was just, like, I think my parents wanted to show me like Indian classics more because they wanted to pass that on with the notion that like, you'll probably just find the American ones yourself. And they were right. So it took me some time. And so like, I always knew Marlon Brando was a name, but I never really understood it. But then you see something like Streetcar and you see something like On the Waterfront, even something like The Godfather. And you're kind of like, okay, I get where this is going. (laughs) I get it now. I understand the, the hype. And I think on on the waterfront would, in my opinion, is his crowning performance. I know people would say The Godfather, but like this is, this is like I mentioned before, a fully realized. It's a fully formed. This is Terry's a person. You know Terry. You know Terry's thoughts. You know his ins and outs. You're with him on that journey. You know he's going to get there. That's the thing about this is that you know he's going to make the right decision. Mm. But the reason you know he's going to make the right decision is because you know he's made the right decision. You know early on he knows what the right thing to do is and he's just having a hard time doing it. Mm-hmm. And that it's is that really... that contemplation. It's the contemplation of like, do I do what I know I should do? And yeah. that's really amazing is that you understand his inner workings based on... And that's writing, directing, and acting. That's like an, um, that's a trifecta that, you know, very few films get right. And I think... Pointing out Daniel Day-Lewis is an example, and There Will Be Blood is an example of that. That is a fully fleshed performance. That is an authentic, fully formed mm-hmm. person who is terrifying and interesting and all of that. Mm-hmm. As for this movie, I love it. I think I watched this the same way I watched something like Spotlight. It's a movie I really respect and I really like, and I have no nothing bad to say about it. But is it going to be my go-to movie? No, my go-to movie is going to be something like Knives Out or The Devil Wears Prada because there is a level of like comfort. There is a little level of like softness. When I'm looking for something, I'm looking for that. I have watched Spotlight a couple of times during like when I just want something on in the background and it's not a nice viewing. Like it's not a it's it's not an it's not a viewing where you're like, "Oh, you know what? I feel like watching something that's going to be entertaining and make me feel good. Let me watch Spotlight." Spotlight is like a one and done. It's a one and done, and there's very few reasons to rewatch it, mm-hmm. aside from the fact that you want to watch something very well made and very thought provoking. I mean, we'll get to that. Yeah, in, in over a year, twenty twenty four. But this kind of fits into that same category. Is it going to be my go to? No, but does it have to be? Also, no. Personally, for me, I think I respect this and I like it, and I I can admire everything about it because I this is a good movie. This is a full stop period good movie i think there's a couple of things that could have changed there's that little sequence where they're romancing each other 
that I was like, this could be a little shorter. But other than that, I think this movie is it's near perfect. I think this is a very well-made film. I think it has clearly lasted the test of time. I think this is a movie that I would love to show young people. And I don't mean to sound like an old person, but like people who are into movies and they're like, oh, I want to watch the classics. I'm like, okay, let's start here. I think this is a great place to start. It's a it's an easy it's an easy it's a digestible movie, but aside from that, it's easy to understand what makes it good. Mm-hmm. I think watching something like Citizen Kane, you could be like, well, what's going on here? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like this this fe- this is digestible to anybody because you get it. The story is is clear. The acting is clear. Nothing is hidden. The the themes are clear. Like everything is very like out there for you to see. It's just very well done. And I think that's why it's a classic. I think that's why it stood the test of time. And we actually didn't talk about the other thing before I get to my rating. Yeah. Did it deserve best picture? Oh my gosh. Yes, it, it did. There's no question. We can <laughs> there's name, no question about that. There's no question about that because, well, name the other ones. The Cane Mutiny, The Country Girl, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, Three Coins yeah. and the Fountain. Is Seven Brides for Seven Sisters, or how, wait, what is it? Seven? seven Brides for Seven Brothers. That sounds like the white version of Hamsap Sate. It's not. It's the white version of Satipisatta. Oh. Yeah, with, uh, I think, Hema Malini and I think Amita Bachchan. Okay. <laughs> Amita Bachchan, Hema Malini. There you go. Anyways, but there's no doubt here. There, like, we didn't even talk about it because it's so, like, obvious that this deserved Best Picture. There's I haven't nothing heard of any of these other ones. <laughs> ever, ever again. Ever. And this one is on, like, this is everywhere. So all this oh, to say. Oh, A Star is Born is in here. What? A Star is Born came out. Oh my gosh, wait a minute. Sabrina came out this year. A Star is Born came out this year. Rear Window came out this year. <laughs> well, Rear Window, that's a. Now, Rear Window, that tickles my fancy. Rear Window tickles my fancy. Yeah. But Rear Window or On the Waterfront? For me, Rear Window. But from an acknowledgement of like, not just your personal taste. I need to watch it more recently to be okay. able to give you a real answer. I don't yeah. think that's fair to Alfred. That's that's not fair. <laughs> that's fair. I get that. Anyways, we've like long-winded. <laughs> I truly really like this. I think it's a classic. I'm glad I got to rewatch it because I don't think I would have watched it otherwise. There you go. And for that, mm-hmm. I'm also giving it four stars, but for very different reasons. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah. On the same page. This is the one, two, three, four, fifth Fifth week in a row, we've given it the same rating. Look at that. Whoa. Are we twins? Let's see if that changes next week. Yeah. Okay, Mita. This episode mm. is getting long-winded. We went all over the place. I liked it. <laughs> Sabrina and... Rear Window. Rear Window. Oh. And A Star is Born with oh. Judy. Mm, okay. I so, like, that. not the greatest A Star is Born. Yeah. Babs is better. But <laughs> or is Gaga better? Maybe I'll do a little... Stars all born. the stars are born. Are, there's a yeah. lot of them. You'd have to go it's all the way back to the original. It's a project for 2023. There you go. <laughs> okay. Well, Mita figures out how many star stars born she's gonna watch. It's like mm-hmm. five, by the way. It's a lot. 2023, Nadim. There you go. <laughs> Mita, it's game yeah. time. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. Last week, Nadim, uh, you had me. I did connect one of my favorite movies, Inception, to a movie that I enjoy. Or enjoyed as a teen, yeah. I, I think it's fair to say. Marie Antoinette. Sofia Coppola's Marie Antoinette. Because Sofia Coppola's turning into an auteur herself. I'm very excited for her upcoming film, Priscilla, which is about Priscilla Presley. Okay. And they're shooting in Toronto. Okay. And it looks quite good already from her 
Instagram. She's on Instagram now, which is a big what deal. What movie am I connecting to Mary Antoinette? Let me just have my moment, okay? <laughs> but you will be connecting. Oh, no, I thought I wrote this down. Did I not write it down? I wrote it from the wrong spot. Okay, you will be connecting Marie Antoinette to Scarface. Oh, okay. I know. I don't, I don't know how I landed to Scarface, but I did. Okay. And uh, there's a way to do it. I want to see if you get there. I'm sure there and, is. And your timer starts now. Okay. Oh. Oh, Sofia Coppola's in Godfather 3 with Al Pacino, who is in Scarface. That's a faster way than I thought of. <laughs> What was your way? My way was Sofia Coppola directed The Virgin Suicides with Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett is in The Black Dahlia, which was directed by Brian De Palma, okay. who also directed Scarface. Al Pacino is in Godfather Part 3, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 There. There yeah, we go. Yeah. <laughs> He's in. So there you go. You did beat me. <laughs> well, thank you for that one, Mita. I didn't think I would do it in my sixth date, but you gave me a nice one. I appreciate there you it. Go. Anytime. Nita, what are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching a film titled Marty. I've never heard of this in my whole life. Nope. But it's a short one at an hour and a half. Thank God. So that's good. There you go. But before we get to Marty, Nita, do you have any parting words for us? I don't know what Nita's going to say. Oh, you know. (laughs) I don't even try. I could have been a contender. That's it. Just, oh, just that part? Okay, cool. Yeah, I just like that. I, I could have been, been a contender. contender. Yeah. The whole the whole sequence is really nice, but I get it. But I can't Brevity. do that. I'm no. not Marlon Brando. Yeah. I get yeah. it. Brevity. I could have been a contender. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for a movie called Marty, apparently. Yeah. Let's find out what that's like. Mm-hmm. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs>